Right, hello there, Alex and Rachel. How are you both doing today? Okay, hello. Yes, okay, hello. thanks. <laughs> Fearful of the snow outside. Is it snowing? Mm, well, it's trying. <laughs> yeah. Winter's truly here. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, first of all, welcome back to Sheffield Theatres, and good to see you back in the building again. Always lovely to be here. <laughs> um, I just wanted to know what you guys have been up to the last few months since Inherited City's finished. Oh. Done a couple of things. So uh, we did. We went to the RSC and did a residency there, um, on a show uh, that we were thinking about developing. Yeah. Uh, which was really good fun, and it was with uh, six actors and a movement director, which was new for us. Not worked with a movement director before, so that was uh, all good fun. Yeah. Uh, and then we became a charity. <laughs> after after uh, quite a lot of work. Uh, and we appointed a new general manager, and then we went on to work on Department of Distractions. Oh, well, well, we also started this year's round of mentoring work. We did. Um, here in Sheffield Theatre, so we did three out of the four weeks of that, and we're back with another week uh, uh, of mentoring in March, I believe, with a, a great set of artists this year. So. Fantastic. I was going to say, obviously, Department of Distractions is the thing we're here to talk about today. That's mm-hmm. the show that's in the building at the moment. Um, it's an incredibly exciting sounded show, but I was wondering if you could give me a little bit of a a little short description of what the show is about, without giving too much away, obviously, a little bit of an insight into, into what, it's, what it is, the story of it. It is a tricky one to talk about, this, isn't it? I'm really wary of spoilers and stuff. Um, so, th- th- the short version is it's a detective story. We've... Rachel and I are both are both really into detective fiction and crime fiction, and have been interested in doing a detective story for a while. And uh, this show is us finally doing that detective story. And so it's much more plot driven and character driven than anything we've done before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of the things we've realised is so we've really worked hard to get the plot kind of properly watertight. And so one of the things we've discovered is every each time you spot a little plot hole and you go, oh, yeah, we've got to adjust that little thing. And then half an hour later or 20 pages later, it's like, oh, because that person now says that, you've got to change this here. Um, so that's a short version. It's a detective story. But we can Based tell you a bit more about that. the Department of Distractions. Yeah. Who are a department? Are they governmental? Are they bigger than government? Who knows? Um, who see their function um, as being to distract people in everyday life now that could be for good if you're the type of person that believes that distractions are a good thing and it makes life more interesting and exciting and it gets you wondering or they could be there trying to distract you away from the bigger picture so you for instance might be worrying about um a set of a single glove in the street rather than what's actually happening uh, in local government, say. Um, classic example of that is that I was out in the Peak District on Sunday and there was a trail of single gloves, but all different sizes, all different <laughs> colours, but all put in really strange places. Uh-huh. Not natural places you find gloves. Yeah. So even in the Peak District, the department are at play. They are at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, we've been interested in the department. Or we... We sort of became aware of their existence, if you like, or uh, or thought of them as an entity when we were making a show called Life and Loves of a Nobody, which we made here in 2014, I think, 2014. Um, 
and they kind of came in our discussions about making that show they were they were mentioned they didn't appear in that show um but we sort of realized that possibly we'd been tracking the department's work for a lot, a lot, a lot of the things that we're interested in in shows or haven't figured in shows could easily be their work. So we've been interested in the way some benches are positioned to look at really odd views, you know, or um, telephone boxes that ring as you as you walk past, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, so it's quite a natural process to come to to come to them. It wasn't a it wasn't a fully formed idea at first. Did it sort of grow? No, it out? really grew out of uh, previous concerns. Mm. So it, it probably feels like a more discreet project in uh, formally, in that it is very much a, a single story and a play. But it, to us, it, it we can see that it's grown out of a lot of those earlier shows. Also, what I came to realise is that work and people at work is kind of a <laughs> through theme. It really is, yeah. In our work, anyway, and it, it only dawned on me recently that that was the case people people in domestic environments and in work environments where mm. we've always been quite interested in yeah I was, one of the other things about the show too I know it said there's someone that's not seen it yet I'm excited to see it this week though um, one of the things that stood out to me is the there's obviously these elements of conspiracy theory and fake news and this other stuff it seems incredibly pertinent to the world we're living in now but it seems it, it from this discussion I have now, it doesn't seem like that informed the initial idea. It seems that that's it's sort of become become quite pertinent over time. Just just <laughs> it's depressingly so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's, what what we suddenly thought was a sci-fi and not possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we it, it becomes the case, or you know, it becomes true. It's classic yeah. thing of like um, now whether this is fake news or not, I don't know. But for instance, we do have a story about rats in the show and the potential for dressing up rats so you would see different rats in different military uniforms and wonder if there was a rat war going on <laughs> so we thought this was as far-fetched as you could possibly get well um as you can see from the poster we have loads and loads of instagram hmm. images as part of the show lo and behold there are pictures of people pictures of animals that have been dressed up in military uniforms including rats and then we also found something on the internet how the cia apparently used to use dead rats to hide information for undercover agents and that they'd go and find them and they'd use the dead rats so because people wouldn't obviously yeah, wouldn't touch, touch them it. because they might get a disease so, yeah yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of all over the place. Another one where I was watching QI last night, and this was fabulous. So they were talking about people who skydive. Okay, so there's uh, the University of Fife did a report about people who skydive, and they looked at the number of injuries that there were, and so they looked in one year the people who skydived because of injury cost the NHS six hundred thousand pounds. Okay. The average, so that averaged out over the people who were jumping was £30 per person, and on average, people were raising £10 per person. So it was costing <laughs> the NHS for people to do the skydives to raise money for the NHS. So skydiving is some, some large, elaborate hoax by the department to keep us all entertained. Wow. Yes. So rather than think about funding for the NHS, we try and raise money to do the skydive. <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's just a brilliant plan that someone somewhere's like. <laughs> the department, so, who knows? The department, yeah. Yeah, but it is, I think, uh, you're right. I think it's very pertinent to, to now. 
and but it also asks the questions of like the whole idea of like are you looking in the right place Mm. all of our work is about getting people to look at the world around them slightly differently and to not always take for what they see for granted and to question it and it's just an extension of that um, well, one thing you touched on there as well was about the fact that this is a departure in style and form mm. for Third Angel, the more narrator-driven, more character-driven. Is that is what was the reason? Why why was this the story in the show that you thought was the right one to take this departure with? I mean, uh, it's partly because we are, we're usually trying to do something certainly different to whatever we did last, but also often trying to do things we haven't done before. Um, and the the text that is the Department of Distractions is based on two texts that uh, I wrote for um, a Portuguese-Brazilian collaboration um, that was called, the English translation of which is The Great Book of Tiny Details. And I was writing text into a devising process for that. Uh, and then I brought those texts back um, to share with Rachel. And uh, Rachel said well couldn't actually don't those two texts work together much better and we're always trying to find the form that best explores the idea and because we knew we want this was the chance to do a detective story so for the for a complicated plot you actually have to tell it in in a quite structured way and we just felt this was this was the time for us to do something to do to do a play. I mean, other work has has been much more like plays or has been plays, but there's been a more visible element of deconstructing what a play is. I think maybe like something like Presumption, where text gets repeated. And I think when it was originally written, Al didn't realise that he'd written characters. <laughs> Inadvertently, there were characters, um, and I think for the characters to work, it needs the audiences to suspend their disbelief. And it's just, you know, we are constantly experimenting with form. One, to see, like, to push new boundaries and see what we can do, but also for us as theatre makers, then there's, you know, after 23 years, you you still got to find things that's new and that you haven't tried, and this is one of the things yeah. that we haven't tried. And the show itself, obviously, is here for the... Yeah. So it's here here for eight days with a couple of... Um, a couple of matinees and, and dotted in there. Um, is there life for the show beyond Sheffield? Have you got plans for it in the in the coming months? Yeah, the uh, we tour again end of April, early May. Um, initially, so uh, we've got a week uh, in Plymouth, um, and then uh, which is another week run or a, a short week run, and then we've got uh, some one and two nighters around which we're just finalising at the moment, mm-hmm. and then beyond that, we don't know yet mm-hmm. because. Uh, Yes, subjects to to funding and bookings and <laughs> and you know all the usual stuff. We as ever we we're, we're kind of planned up until like late twenty twenty, but things still sh- shift around and stuff. You know the building blocks within that plan. We also have the joy of working with amazing actors who go on to do other great things. They have to go and work for other people. Yeah, yeah. So we have to deal with their availability because yeah. they're so good. <laughs> I think Umar's going on to Macbeth, isn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And so you said Planet for 2020, is there anything you can tell us about now or is it sort of all still a bit under wraps so we're going to keep that one? So well, the, 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 the project that we did a bit of development uh, on with 
the RSC uh, late last year that Rachel mentioned. That that will be the the show, the new show for twenty twenty. But um, we can't we can't say any more about that. No, we'll have to stay no. tuned. And <laughs> yeah. we're still, I mean, we're still touring like uh, Alex's one man shows in excitement for us February then Future Maker starts and so we've got that going on for eight weeks and we've we've changed that um, completely so instead of being spread throughout a year it's just Saturdays and the response has been really good for that should say what Future Maker actually is for young young people so that's free workshops for uh, 13 to 19 year olds and it covers loads of different theatre things from um, actually having a day looking at lighting and the technical side to like uh, special effects makeup to editing uh, to filming it's really yeah that's really exciting yeah. so we've got that going on we've got mentoring going on uh, we've got other things that are bubbling along that are ideas but they're just too early days to talk about really and it's if a commission comes up or some, you know the opportunity comes to do it then there's a one woman show that I've been writing one-liners here, yeah. there and everywhere and been researching for about the last two years it seems so. But the, more and more that's the case that the shows kind of percolate for a while now and then and we and we bounce ideas back and forth and then one of us will go away and do a bit more work on something and then we'll come back and share it and then we might have a day or a week with some other performers and just going what can we do with this and sometimes shows jump sort of jump their place in the queue don't they so, so it follows similar pattern to Department of Distractions in that it's, it's everything builds over time and grows yeah. kind of naturally yeah, yeah. rather than yeah. rather than set dates and structures yes but it does sound like there's lots of exciting things in the pipeline and things to come yeah. look forward to yeah, yeah. yeah. brilliant um, well thanks very much for talking to us today it's a pleasure and we yeah, wish you the best of luck for the rest of the run and then the future of the show as well in the next few months thanks very thank much you. Thank, you. thank you thanks